If able, please rise for the call to worship. Come to this time of worship in reverent awe. Know the presence and power of the living God. Now in these moments we would be open to the unexpected. You may, you may be seated. Good morning and welcome to worship this morning. Uh, there are a few of you who are here and in the sanctuary to worship. It's one of those really unusual times and one that we have not ever, that I remember, um, experienced anything like it. We have had those inclement weather days where we have had to uh, call off a service, but typically... Um, we're here, and even if um, we're here uh, in small numbers, we're here to come and worship. And, and so today we have gathered here. Many of you received a letter from us uh, t this week from the deacons and myself and sort of encouraging people to stay home if they uh, felt like that it was something that, that was good for them um, because of their being in a risk, particular risk group or maybe because of being sick already. Or... Um, certainly because they just wanted to. That's also an option. But we've encouraged them to worship uh, via live stream. And if you see me looking there today, it's because we do have a number of our folks that are there, but also our choir has, has uh, migrated up to the balcony to avoid the uh, being in those close quarters and singing and all that that might entail as they exhale. And uh, as they articulate enunciate those words uh, as 
Dr. Gannon leads them. We would also, uh, Henry obviously was singing out then, but at the same time, it's not, uh, this could be a time that you spend in quiet reflection reading the hymn, if you want to do that. Uh, we're going to sing only a couple of verses of, of those uh, as they lead us. And you have the benefit today of being able to hear the uh, choir as some of us up here get to hear it every week, that is, from behind. And you'll be able to hear it and hear those beautiful voices as they lead us. Today as we, um, in our worship, I hope that you saw this uh, again. Just to remind you, there's a sheet of paper there. There's also the hand sanitizers at the entrances. And we're trying to do everything we can to, uh, to at least um, do those things that we know will help uh, curb this, at least to, to maybe slow down the progression of infection, but also to, uh, to keep our members safe and to know that um, we can still have our time of root our routine cannot be totally disrupted. We can still find ways to worship together uh, as we are now. I would make a couple of other announcements concerning that too, is that uh, when we take our uh, offering today, uh, after uh, Kay comes and has our offertory prayer, uh, we will not pass the plates as typical, but you'll see those at different uh, places here. There are two up front, there are two in the back in the narthex there where you can place your offering today and we'll not have to pass those. May we continue in worship and as we do, we uh, trust that the Lord will be here with us. So may we continue by um, having our, singing our next hymn and you'll see it printed there in the order of worship. Old Testament reading comes from Psalm 95. A call for us to experience God's joy. Come, let us sing for the joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud 
to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol with him music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it and his hands form the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the flock of his care. Today, if only you would hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in Meribah, as you did the day of Massa in the wilderness where your ancestors tested me. They tried me, though they had seen what I had did. For 40 years, I was angry with that generation. I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray and they have not known my ways. So I declared an oath in my anger. They shall never enter my rest. Here ends the reading of our Old Testament scripture. gospel lesson today is from John chapter 4 and the verses you see printed there are 27 through 42 and this follows of course Jesus encounter with the Samaritan woman at the well we have read that on many occasions you know that Jesus is thirsty he comes to a well there one that Jacob had given to the Samaritans and their forefathers and he comes and he is thirsty and he asks this woman for a drink of water. Where we pick up here, the disciples are just rejoining Jesus and they see that he has been talking with her but also that he has been in a fairly lengthy conversation with her. And while they're concerned, we read their responses. In honor of the gospel lesson, if you're able, please stand as it's read. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman, but no one asked, what do you want? Or why were you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought food to him? My food, said Jesus, 
is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say four months more and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages. Even now he harvests the crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Many of the Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did, she had told them. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to, to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. This is the word of the Lord. seated. I know that our hearts and minds today are many, many concerns. Those that are both personal, but also those that are global in nature. So as we spend our time in prayer today, may we bow together, allowing the Lord to lead our time of prayer, our thoughts, and to Ask the Lord to be with not only us, but those, wherever they might be, who are experiencing great difficulty at this time. Bow with me, please. Oh Lord, in these moments together before you, we come here to worship, partly because we always do, but also because we need to come and to make ourselves known to you again. To express to you our love and adoration, our dedication, and also to seek, Lord, your guidance, your wisdom, your understanding. To draw from you the peace, the assurance of you being with us and sustaining us. Today, as we pray, loving God, we come with all of those concerns that weigh heavy upon our hearts. We pray for those already directly affected by the coronavirus, for those who have been ill and are extremely ill, those who have lost loved ones. Lord, have mercy upon them. Lord, for those who are working long hours to find ways to 
stem this time to be able to find the means, the way that there might be some treatment given for those who are in the hospitals, for the doctors, for those in the labs, wherever they might be who are working feverishly to bring this about. Lord, grant them strength and Lord, have mercy upon them. Lord, for those in our own nation, those in other nations around the world who are frightened and who are fearful today of what may come, may we find in your presence an ability to find some peace amid all of the uncertainty. Lord, have mercy upon us as well. Lord, be with us and those who in our family of faith who struggle day by day and who find this another difficult, extremely difficult time that they're facing. Life was hard and difficult before and now it seems to have been even intensified. Lord, have mercy upon them. For all of us, Lord, we ask your guidance. We ask that you would grant to us that peace. We know that in you, we find all that we need for your grace is indeed sufficient. And we trust that you will increase our faith daily. Lord, in this season of Lent, we come confessing, confessing we've not trusted enough, we've not leaned upon you enough we've gone our own way and Lord now we in our own ways confess those to you and we trust Lord that you will forgive us as we confess those sins be with us now Lord open our eyes to see the world around us that has needs that we can meet Help us to see the needs of our own brothers and sisters and our family of faith. And may we reach out in a time of great need. Hear us now, O Lord, as we, your children, pray, as Jesus taught his followers to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
I'm so glad that the choir was able to come and find a way to lead and worship as they have. It's important to, um, to have them here and to be a part each week. It makes worship what it is uh, to a great degree. You know, I don't know about you, but I'm one of those creatures of habit. I need routine. And I look around and I know that since most of you are about my age, I would gather you probably like routine as well. It sort of makes us think that everything is sort of okay. When there's disruptions in that, it can really throw us for a loop. We struggle with knowing if sometimes what day it is if we don't have that routine. So we come and we're facing this unexpected situation that none of us have ever prepared for. We've heard about it. We had been warned about it. And yet we find ourselves struggling uh, with the steps have been taken and our fears rise, our anxiety levels rise. And so we, we struggle to know what to do. We ask questions. And especially do we ask questions of God. Or at least I don't think I'm in the minority of that, that we've probably been asking those questions of God. Why? Because it's gone from a very small uh, in a, a view of something that is very isolated or unique to, to a situation that is very broad, even globally. And we ask God, why? Why is this this way? What has occurred? It begins to rock the foundations of our faith even. I had a, a lady that I pastored, um, well, I guess I tried to pastor her as much as I could. She was not one who was really prone to allowing you to do that much. She was the matriarch of the church and she was strong in her spirit and in her independent thinking and uh, pretty much was very confident about anything. And it makes for an interesting life as a pastor. But anyway, this lady would tell me, she said, you know, I don't pray very much, but if you back me in a corner, I can pray. If I get really hemmed in, I can pray. I can talk to God. I can ask those questions. I can do those things, but otherwise, I just really don't pray much. Well, you know, maybe we also find ourselves similar to that, that we allow ourselves to get into a routine of of handling things on our own, and then when we find ourselves against something that we can't, we really struggle. We do what we can. We continue to do that, but yet there is that reality that things are bigger than what we can hold on to. It unsettles us, and the only real point of reference that most of us have is 9-11, as far as disruption in daily lives, was 9-11, and that was different in that we could sort of see and attach uh, some sort of, of sense of what was going on. It wasn't this invisible kind of, of reality that we're trying to face now with this virus. One thing for that is true that this virus is blind as far as race, culture, ethnicity. To put it in biblical terms, it's no respect of persons unless you want to call the more the uh, higher rate of incidence in older people of which most of us are, are those who have underlying health conditions, of which many of us do. So we continue to forge on and try to do the things that we know we can. One reason that we felt it, the leadership of the church felt it was important to 
to assemble the few of us here that are helping to have things as usual and have a live stream that people could connect to was that it's important to most of those individuals to have that time with each other, but also in corporate worship. It's a part of that weekly routine, but it's not just routine. It is a way that it puts us into an understanding of our place before God. Truth be known, many of us get to the place where we think we really can handle things better than God. And if we'll just, if God would let us and move out of the way, we would be fine. While we know that's not true, we still live like it. Our faith is extremely important. And what happens over the next week or two, we don't know what it will be. And that is why it's even more critical that we have a connection and understanding of where our faith is and where we, what we believe about not only today and tomorrow, but for eternity. There was a man that came into his pastor's office who had had a real difficult time and he was really in despair. He was feeling as though he was hopeless and he said, my life is in really bad shape, really bad shape. Things are going against me. And the pastor said, well, how bad is it? Burying his hands, his face in his hands, the man said, I'll tell you how bad it is. All I've got left is God. Well, you know, that seems to be the inverse of what it should be, right? That we have gotten the things that we attribute that really were the small gods, the gods of our life that he was talking about, have supplanted that place of prominence that the one true and living God should have. It is what the psalmist talked about when in all of the psalms we read and both the one we read last week and the one today, where we're reminded of, of God's providential care, of God's omnipresence. We struggle when we realize that God is there and it's not going the way we think it should. It is that problem of, of suffering and, uh, and lack of understanding and lack of knowledge. It's where we have to trust. In the Psalm last week, it said uh, in Psalm 121 that I look to the hills. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Well, that is our help as far as our, our faith goes, our, our anchoring, what, we, what it moors us to a reality of life that is centered in a tangible God that is with us. You might say, well, you know, I don't think there is that tangible, that real God that's there. And I understand that. We struggle with that understanding because God is spirit and God is love and God is everywhere and God is all powerful. But yet things that are bad seem to happen. The psalm that was read today is one of the psalms of ascent. It's a song about going, and all of those would be going up the hill to, into Jerusalem to worship, go to the temple, and they would go up and they would sing songs of thanksgiving as they went up. 
and they would praise God. It would be like, if you were down below, it would be like this choir singing today, and you hear that, all of that uh, melodious music wafting down upon you if you're down below. Going up to the temple, going up to that place where there would be the one and in their eyes where, that, where God was, and they worshiped. The psalm that was read, that God is the rock of our salvation, a great God. To come, worship, and bow down, for he is our God and we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. In the text that was read from the gospel, which I want to refer to just a moment, we see in it, I think, what really will help us individually, at least I feel like it will help me as I try to walk through these days ahead. When Jesus met the woman at the well, there were some particular things about that situation that were very evident. He comes and he reveals himself as a source of something that brings satisfaction. It brings wholeness. <clears throat> it brings a quenching of a thirst that every person has. In this case, the woman at the well who, as Jesus questioned her during the conversation, he indicated that he knew her probably better than she knew herself. He knew all about her. He knew about her relationships. He knew about why she came there at noon when nobody else was at the well because of the, the comments and the, uh, of derision that she heard. The wagging tongues of the townspeople is they would criticize her for her lack of morals. But Jesus went to her and entered into conversation with her and shared with her what he knew about her and it penetrated to the very core of her being. He threw aside all of the social norms of the day. He went to someone who he should not have been talking to if he was keeping with the practices of the day. He went beyond. And he also reveals his divine identity to her. You know, I don't know that ever again, other than the time she comes back with the townspeople that Jesus saw or talked to her again, we don't know, but the point is, I believe that if Jesus saw her again, he would enter into conversation with her again the same way. And if there were things that were problems to her in her life, if she was struggling, that he would be there to listen as she expressed those. In the last few days, many of you have talked to people very close to you, friends, maybe a, a fellow a co-worker, or maybe someone at, in your, uh, at church, or maybe a spiritual God. Whatever the case, you've talked and you've asked questions and you've been in a conversation with them about how to best proceed, what's the next step, what's going to happen. Well, no one knows what will happen. But you know, in reality, we didn't know that last week either nor the week before, nor the week before. Now, we may be more uncertain as it relates to this in particular, but in our own lives, we do move through life as though we're pretty much controlling everything. 
And in reality, we delude ourselves into that mindset because we really don't. We can be responsible. We can be good, moral people. We can do all the right things, and still things happen. And this is the case that we face now. No one knows the outcome. No one knows how, many, how much it affects you as far as fears or anxiety. But there's one certainty, one certainty that I know, and that is that God is the same today as he was yesterday and he will be forever. And that there is one, the one that we sang this morning in Christ alone. There's one in whom we can trust and we know will listen and understands the pain that we might, we might feel, the fear, the uncertainty, the problems, whatever it might be that we can trust for God in Christ, God incarnate, the good shepherd. He is there. He's the one who promises, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Is a good reason because you're his and I'm his. For that, we can give God thanks. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, these are uncertain times for us and places we haven't been before. But yet we trust that you are with us. We know that you're with us and we know that what lies ahead, we face not alone, but with you. Pray, Lord, that we might, in this season of Lent, find those moments now, especially, to look within, to allow ourselves to see our lives as they really are, and to find those ways that we can be instruments of your love, mercy, and grace, just like this Samaritan woman who shared with others about water that would quench the thirst forever and one whose love surpasses any love ever realized here on earth. Thank you, Lord, for all you do. And may we respond and may we follow you as you guide us daily. In Christ's name, amen. We sing a hymn of promise, but after... We do that, and, and Kay comes for our offertory prayer. We're not going to receive the offering as we typically would, but rather we will ask everyone as they leave today to drop their offering uh, in one of the plates at the various entrances here, and you'll be able to, um, to get that to the church and not feel like you have uh, been subjected to even more of those things that might not be good for you today. So let's join together in singing.
please join me in prayer. All good gifts come from you, Lord, and from these riches we bring this offering. Help us to use it for the furtherance of your purpose in this place and for the benefit of those in need, especially at this time. Amen. be seated for just a moment please just a couple of announcements as we prepare to go out I know this is an unusual time as we've referenced all throughout our service today and the differences that we see here the, the um, appearance of everything with the choir not behind us and all but yet there is that uh, sense of being at least close enough you can see people that you know love you and that you love that you care for that are also a part of your family of faith there are others that have been worshiping with us via live stream. Some of them are not able to be out, and it would be great if we can check on some of them. So if you have a chance to call some of the folks that you don't see here now, just to ask how they're doing, to see if there's anything they need, if you can drop something off for them, you don't have to go in. If you feel like you don't want to, or they don't want you in, but you could drop something off to them, help them, and if, if they're uh, in need of someone to run an errand. Uh, so please keep those in mind uh, as you think about those that, that we have uh, in the congregation. Also, we're going to cancel all the regular meetings this week that we would have as far as gathering here until next Sunday. And then watch your um, emails and all. We will have updates along the week, or throughout the week that will tell you what will go on next week. But um, that's sort of the plan at this point. Our... Um, as everything is very fluid, and we will do our best to keep everyone informed and, uh, and be aware of that. God is very gracious unto us, and he loves us unconditionally. It sometimes takes, unfortunately, disruptions in our activities, our routines, for us to see and to reflect upon all the blessings we have received. So as we go, may we remember that Christ is with us, Christ goes before us. Christ is there with us to minister to us and with us, now and forevermore.